songs. Hey everyone, welcome to Why Mommy Drinks. This is Betsy Stover. And today, oh my gosh, I wonder if you can hear my kids screaming in the background. Uh, today I am with an author, a podcaster, Zibby Owens. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on the show, Zibby. So um, I have three kids. They're all boys. Oh, maybe those are your kids I hear. Honestly, yeah. Hold on. I'm sorry. Let me close No, it's not a big deal. <laughs> hold on one second. Sorry, I'm doing a podcast. Yeah, if you could close that one. Thank you so much. I'll keep it up. <laughs> I love that. That is so real. I'm it's sorry. Like, yeah. No, never. don't ever apologize on this show. No, it's like, especially nowadays, like, it's, <laughs> there's yeah. always someone just screaming in the background and it's like, is it my kid? Is it yeah, your kid? Yeah, I know. I thought it was your kids at first, but then I realized it was my kids. <laughs> I just assumed it was my kids because they're always screaming. Uh <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I have three kids of my own. They are all boys, four, eight, and ten. What you got over there, Zibby? I have two boys and two girls. I have a set of twins who are thirteen, boy girl. I Holy have a seven. Shit. Yeah, I have a seven year old girl, and I have a five year old boy. Almost six year old wow. boy. Yeah. Wow, you had twins, and then you went back for more. That is fascinating. You make it. You make it all sound very deliberate and planned, and uh, life. Life has life has just like it, you know unspooled in ways that I never would have thought. Um, yes, I really did want more kids, but um, this is just the timing that ended up happening. I hear you. My, um, uh, I used to co-host this show, or sometimes I co-host this show with Amanda Allen and her, and she has. Um, how old are they now? Seven, I think. Seven-year-old identical twins. And um, she has an older son. And, um, you know, I, I gather that twins are a challenge, to say the very least. The whole thing is a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys in Los Angeles? Are you are you all still, like, on lockdown? We, we're in New York now, actually. We're in New York. Mm. Yeah. And are you in this in the city or no? We're in the city now. We were in lockdown. We were out on Long Island for six months. And now all the kids are back in school in person, at least part of wow. every day. So we're here in the city and then we leave on the weekends and we'll keep this up until it all closes again. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations that your kids are leaving the house. That's really exciting. How about you? Are your kids leaving the house? No. <laughs> I'm in Los Angeles. They are here. They have not left in six months. And it is really wearing on everyone. Everyone's like losing their minds. And uh, that's actually part of what has been breaking me is, uh, of course, the just the, um, you know, the six months straight of being home. I mean, the only times we haven't really been home like at all is when we've we've took a few camping trips. Um, but other That's than nice. that, yeah. But also because of the forest, uh, the wildfires and stuff, we've been for the last few weeks stuck in the house um, and we can't really go on walks or be outside because the air quality is uh, super bad. Um, so so that's it's, not fun. <laughs> oh my god. My my brother and um 
you know, sister-in-law and nieces and nephews and so many close friends are out there. Uh, so I feel very tapped into what's going on in LA and I just, um, you know, it's not like it's so much better. It's, you know, I get a couple hours a day without kids, but I don't know. It just Dude, kind of stinks for everybody. I know I'll take it. I, 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 <laughs> I enjoy the seconds. Not that I don't love my kids. Well, you know, of course, but you know, oh, the, I don't think the you time ever out of the to. house is, is sure is nice. I get a lot done. <laughs> you never have to qualify that. Everyone knows you love your kids. I just have to say it them in, in the case they're listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I've been wanting to like uh, get rid. So it feels so kind of claustrophobic and everyone's just, you know, n- never not here. So. I want to sort of free up our space physically at least. Like I really want to purge some stuff. And even that I can't do because people are always here. I don't know about you, but when I get rid of stuff, people need to not be here because otherwise everyone suddenly becomes very sentimental about things they have not touched in a year. A hundred percent. Yeah. I have to wait till they're like on an iPad. I did a huge cleanup of my older daughter's room and part of it, she helped me. And after a while she's like, not that. And I was just like, it's going in the garbage bag. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't like we're doing it. And I was like, but you get a new sweatshirt and that's going to do the trick. <laughs> nice. All right. Bribery is always, I, you know, I think we look down on bribery, but it's fucking works. Do what works. That is definitely a tool in my toolbox of parenting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Like if I get rid of stuff, they won't ever notice or maybe they'll notice for like a minute and then they'll be like, oh, well, and they'll probably never bring it up again. But if I'm there or like if they're there when and they see me put it in a bag and they hear me say like, we're getting rid of this, then they're like, you know, then I'll never hear the end of how important and sentimental that, you know, fucking unfinished uh, woodworking kit that totally. they got two Christmases ago oh like, my God. is. Don't even start with the ceramics. I mean, we have now, like, <laughs> I've decided just to, like, shove them all into a box, like a shoe box, and we keep it on a high shelf because every so often they're like, what about the spotted leopard? <laughs> Oh my God. Now I'm like, when- why did I take them to the pottery place? Why do I do this to myself? It was like <laughs> the 20 minutes of, of distraction probably aren't worth the lifetime of uh, trying to figure out what to do with the figurines. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, the, the ones that we have in our house, I may have finally tossed them like when in like a, a fast moment that no one was looking. They were like, they weren't even as nice as what you're talking about. They were like those, you know, you get them at like Michael's in like a pack of four and they're just some like shitty, you know, it's like a butterfly, a duckling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah. My we form. have those too. Mm-hmm. And then they give you like three colors of paint and yep. they're the worst. Yeah. And no one even like lovingly does it. They just slap some paint on there and they're like, I'm done. I need to look at a screen. Uh, so, so yeah, we had a bunch of those. I I think I finally just chucked them, and I don't think anyone's noticed yet. That's we'll good. See. <laughs> but, but yeah, I need to get. So everyone is kind of like losing their minds over here, and um, you know, not surprisingly, everyone's uh, sad because they want all of this to be over, and they want to go back to real, you know, their regular life. Everyone misses their lives 
obviously the kids, especially, especially my, my eight year old and my 10 year old, I think they are, um, they're feeling really, they're feeling the weight of, of the last six months. Um, yeah. And I don't mean in any way to minimize the last six months and they were really brutal and a lot of adjustment and fear and anxiety and all the rest, but I actually lost, um, my mother-in-law and grandmother-in-law both had COVID and my mother-in-law went through this horrific six-week oh. hospital battle. Um, she caught it from her mom, uh, my husband Kyle's grandmother, and we were in charge of her care from here in New York, even though she was in Charlotte, North Carolina, because you know nobody could travel. And after this whole emotional, intense, traumatic, like every couple hours on the phone with doctors, she ended up dying. And um, We've now inherited her two dogs. My sister-in-law is still living with us. So when I, I know it's been like really horrific for us. Um, so in addition to having my kids around, um, we've had this exposure to the virus, not not exposure to the virus itself, but to the effects of it and seeing yeah. firsthand and talking to doctors. And sometimes it helps me put into perspective why we're doing this because I know it can be such a pain. And like the other morning I was rushing to get ready for school and I just like, you know, I wanted to hide in a closet and cry and never come out. And I was like, why am I so upset? But when I remember why we're going through this and what the options are, I tend to feel a little more centered. Um, and that, I feel like I complain a little less because I see what an alternative could be. And that is just so horrific and terrifying that it, uh, it makes the kids wearing masks seem like not that big a deal. Yeah. That's a really, that's an excellent, uh, way to put things into perspective. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, not to say that everybody doesn't have – like, we only have our lives, right, before this. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I, I was like, you know, <laughs> I would like post on Instagram, like, I don't think I could go on. Like, this is so hard, you know, nine weeks with not seeing anybody outside my immediate family. I'm like going to kill myself. No, I'm kidding. But, um, you know, in the – you know, in the joking, like, how do we get through the day, fellow yeah. moms? But, um, yeah, when – and that's – and if that's what you're going through, I validate those feelings and you're – perfectly entitled to feel that way as I did too. But then when this happened, um, for me seeing it, it just sort of made me stop all of that. <laughs> we have a new sponsor on Why Mommy Drinks, and I think it will be of interest to our listeners. It's wine.com. Wine.com is the world's largest wine store delivered right to your door. And if you're like me and you are not a sommelier, you will be excited to know that they have expert guidance to help you choose. They're the only site that offers extensive, free, professional ratings and tasting notes. And you can do a live chat with a wine expert that's going to help you find the perfect bottle for every occasion. When I buy wine, I usually go in and I say, you know, I need whatever, a, a white wine that's dry, that's under $20, let's say, or I want to buy a, a $50 bottle as a gift for, you know, whatever. You can, just like if you were walking into a store, you can talk to their live chat expert and they will help you figure out what to get. Not only are they a website, but wine.com is a five-star app. You can scan, rate, buy on the go, and you can save your favorites to my wine. They have sort options and filter options, so you can look at stuff by price, by vintage, varietal, region, 
other stuff. And if you get a stewardship membership for only $49, you get free shipping year round. There's no minimum purchase. So you could just get one bottle, you could get a hundred bottles. The shipping would be free every time. And that's because wine is naturally heavy and can be expensive to ship. So the stewardship membership eliminates that. You can even use it to send gifts to other people for free. So wine.com makes your life easier, but it also can be a great gift. And anytime you need help, their wine experts are there to guide you. Plus, if you live in California, New York, Florida, or New Jersey, not only can they send you wine, they can send you spirits like vodka. So now that I think about it, um, I need to have them send me some vodka right now. So we have a special just for our listeners. If you go to wine.com slash mommy, you get $30 off of your first order. That's like a whole bottle or three of wine for free. It says the terms apply. I don't know what the terms are. Go to wine.com slash mommy and get $30 off your first order. Cheers. So you know Mindy Kaling. She was on The Office. She is from The Mindy Project. She's an actor. She's a comedian. She's hilarious. And she's also a best-selling author. She's actually had two best-selling memoirs all about her sort of awkward coming of age. Well, now Mindy Kaling is a mom, and she has written a new short story collection called Nothing Like I Imagined. It's all about how she's juggling the demands of her career with the demands of new motherhood. She's sharing the ups and downs of being her own husband. It's six hilarious short audio stories from Amazon Original Stories, and they're all written and narrated by Mindy. You can listen on the go because it's available in audio and ebook format. And this is very exciting. If you are an Amazon Prime member, you can listen and you can read for free. So download it today at Amazon.com slash Mindy Stories. That's Amazon.com slash Mindy Stories. And check out Nothing Like I Imagined. I'm so sorry. You said it so quickly. It didn't really sink in for me. So who got sick in your family? Okay. Sorry. So I didn't know if you'd want to talk about it or not. So I kind of If you're just... comfortable talking about yes, it. Yes, I'm totally comfortable. I write about it a lot. I talk about it. I, In fact, I want people to hear it because I want people to know how serious this is. And yeah. um you know, if you don't know anyone, it sort of happened to, like, we never thought it would get this far. Okay. So what happened is that my, so I'm divorced and remarried. I've been mm -hmm. married to my husband, Kyle now for three years. We've been together for five years. Um, so soon after my last child was born, hence the time. Anyway, it's a whole long story. I won't go into the whole thing, but that's what's going on with Kyle and me. So okay. I used – and I worked with his mom and grandmother We and his sister. We all started a crumb cake business together on the side, which is really fun. So I got to know them really fast by being business partners together. Um, when the pandemic hit – and then Kyle's parents also got divorced. So his mother, Susan, and his grandmother, who they call Nini, lived together. Uh -huh. They had recently moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Nini was 90 and she had episodes of high blood pressure. So she went to the hospital and um, was admitted there for about six days because of this heart and high blood pressure thing because of being 90, not because of anything else. They begged for the people in the hospital to get give her a COVID test before she left because this was early July. And Essentially, oh, they didn't want to waste a COVID test on her because they were like, right. this is old age. She doesn't have the symptoms, which is untrue, but whatever. 
And meanwhile, Susan, who was 63, newly divorced, in a new like relationship with this guy who like rode a motorcycle, which we didn't even find out about until afterwards. Like she had just lost all this weight. She was like ready to go, right? Live this life. She had been married 40 years and was like so just like uh, she was like a new person, just mm-hmm. loving every bit of it. Anyway, she um, she was taking care of Nini, so she would go to the hospital and she would wear lots of masks and everything, but Nini wasn't wearing a mask. She was on oxygen and they didn't have her on a COVID floor because she hadn't been diagnosed for COVID. So she ended up bringing COVID home to Hold Susan when she got out of the hospital. Second. Hold on a second. So she was in the hospital, uh, the 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 90-year-old Nini, uh, yep. ma- grandma, yep. was in the hospital for a high blood bl- uh, blood pressure thing. Yeah. But then but then she was on oxygen? Yeah. She cuz cuz she had trouble breathing. She had a she had a pre-existing um lung issue. I can't remember what it's called. CPAP. I don't know what it was. So oh she was on God. oxygen. Her heart was really high. This was not because of COVID though. This was pre COVID. Oh. She was already like at risk, but they had not left the house. They were being so careful, but she had to go yeah. to the hospital because she had this episode where she really she would okay. have died at home so they yeah. had to bring her to the hospital or, she, or susan had to bring her to the hospital um i mean knowing what's happened now i well whatever you, there's yeah. no way she would have just let her suffer and die in the apartment i mean it's like horrific to even say out loud so anyway yeah. you know like you do when you care about someone and you love them and you she took her to the hospital um mm-hmm. and that's why she was there and she was not given a covid test and susan begged for the hospital to give her mom a COVID test. And even my husband, Kyle, got on FaceTime yeah. with the doctors and were like, give her a test. And they wouldn't. They wouldn't give it to her. And um, they released her, shit. even though she was still feeling sick. At the time, there weren't that many tests. You know, they weren't even as readily available as they are now in October. And um, sent her home. And she looked terrible and she felt terrible. And she – Was she um, feeling actual symptoms of COVID? It was hard to tell because she never kind of recovered from what she had, but she got so much worse so fast that my mother-in-law, Susan, was like, something is not right. Um, And eventually they had to call an ambulance and she went back to the hospital. Actually, I don't know if they called the ambulance. I told them to call an ambulance, but I think they ignored me. Anyway, Mm -hmm. they went back to the hospital and um, Nini was only there for a short while and they diagnosed her that day with COVID and Susan realized like, oh my gosh. And she had not been feeling well either. She had started getting, then she started getting a fever and um, by the time, and then they, so then she got a fever that was like 104, something crazy. So they weren't, she wasn't allowed to see her mom because this time she was on a COVID floor. Mm -hmm. And then they did let her go to say goodbye when they, like a couple days later when it was clear that Nini was not going to make it. And Mm -hmm. they had Susan dress up in a hazmat suit and stuff ice packs in the hazmat suit because her fever was so raging. So then she goes home. Her mother passes away. She's so sick that – Why why was she wearing a hazmat suit when she had COVID and so did her – Mom, because that's, that, that's the hospital protocol. Like that's what they, you know, Kyle's sister went with her. That's just what sense. you had to do. Plus, she didn't want to give it to Kyle's sister, um, who was oh. also with her, who it turned out actually had already had it and has antibodies. So that's like one blessing in the family. That's amazing. So, Nini passes away, and everyone is so upset. They're such a tight knit 
family. It's really just the mom and Nini and the sister and Kyle who are like oh. super duper close. Wow. And then um, yeah, and then the day after Nini died, Susan was admitted to the hospital. And, that, and that's uh, his your mother in law, my mother in law, uh-huh. um, who went into the hospital. They died. They, she was diagnosed. She had COVID. They realized at that small hospital they didn't have the right medicines to really treat someone who had a shot of making it. They transferred her to mm-hmm. another bigger hospital nearby. She almost recovered. She had so many ups and downs. She actually, the COVID was out of her system after two and a half weeks, but the damage to her lungs was so severe um, with all the scarring. She couldn't get her lungs to recover fast enough. And then she started having, she got an infection and all these other bad things started happening. She ended up being hella transferred to Duke University Hospital after three weeks in this hospital to be put on this special machine called an ECMO machine and a ventilator. She was there for three weeks. Again, highs and lows, ups and downs. She ended up having a stroke because when you're on the ventilator for too long, that's one of the – not the ventilator, the ECMO machine. That's one thing that can happen because there's a delicate dance with the blood thinners and the clotting and the machine and all the rest. And she ended up having a stroke and she couldn't move the right side of her body. And and then they realized there was – that there was nothing they could do. And um, they let Kyle go say goodbye to her, having not seen her this whole time. And Kyle and his sister went in and said goodbye. And um, then she passed away. And it was just excruciating and awful. And the last three weeks, she couldn't talk when she was mostly unconscious. Um, But the beginning three weeks, we were texting nonstop. And it's like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to do it. You know, and then her very last text to me was, am I going to be okay? And I was like, yes. Oh man. Oh. Wow. That And then now her dogs, so they were like completely devoted to these two dogs and that was part of the reason why they didn't want to quarantine with us to begin with. You know, they were like, "Oh, we'll be such an imposition and we've got these two big dogs." And now literally as I'm talking to you, the, one of her dogs is on the bed behind me. The other <laughs> dog is upstairs and we we have the dogs now. And that's it. So it's just been And your sister-in-law is living with you as well, you said? Yeah, she's been with us. Susan passed away August 31st. So she's been here. I think we're just now starting to maybe look for a new apartment for her, but she had been living down south in Charleston, South Carolina, but it looks like she's moving here now. So, and I think she'll take one dog. So, um, you know, I already have four kids. I mean, the house is crazy. Um, It's crazy and chaotic and, um, you know, at times very sad. My husband is obviously going through a lot more than I am. For me, I had Mm -hmm. sort of PTSD from the illness and the intensity of it and the shock and all of it. Um, So prolonged too. That's such a long time to be on pins and needles like 24-7. Yes, exactly. Um, That has to be exhausting. And I'm- I have like all this uh, pain in my body and I mean there's been like all these effects but um, yeah. but he he and Stephanie I mean they are now missing her so much I didn't know her mm-hmm. as well obviously she wasn't my own mother so I have a different relationship myself but seeing him in so much pain and anyway this has been a lot so yeah um, and so, yeah. trying to parent four kids and yes it's been a lot I won't lie yeah. it's been a yeah. lot um but everyone has a lot going on and, you know, it could always be much worse. Um, so, you know, of course, the title of your podcast 
is pretty <laughs> apt for some of the ways I've gotten through it. <laughs> Although I have to say, I, I kind of ate my way through this whole situation. And actually now, <clears throat> so I host a podcast called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Uh-huh. And now I just decided to start Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. because um, so many people responded to this one post I did on Instagram about how much weight I'd sort of put on during COVID. And I just like had gotten to a point where like things weren't fitting and like, I just hated how I felt and I couldn't deal with it anymore. And everyone felt the same way. And um, I was like, well, let's just try to do this together. So now I have this like little community on Instagram um, of people and we're all doing it together. And everybody has a different thing that they follow for weight loss and whatever. But I think the most important is that we're like not alone out there, like in our closets, beating ourselves up. Now we can do it in a group. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And somehow that is making all the difference. So um, I aggregate all the weight loss each week and it's our week two right now. And I haven't added it up because today's weigh-in day, but um, last week collectively we lost 37 pounds. So yeah. And I just like, you know, it's just that none of us have lost any weight in so long. We've been like on a steady gaining weight thing oh, for six months. Yeah, <laughs> it's so bad. It, yeah. My improv student the other day coined a, a term that I love so much, and I'm going to use it forever. They referred to pants as uh, hard pants and soft pants, and <laughs> and essentially it's like jeans, like anything with like a button. Those are all hard pants, and then soft pants are like the things we've been wearing for the last six months: stretch pants, pajama pants, sweatpants. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's it. I have that's literally it. not worn hard pants since like mid uh, March. <laughs> I, I haven't even like tried to get my leg through my jeans. Same. I think maybe once towards the beginning I did and put on like a nice sweater and then I was like, yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> Why? For what? <laughs> I know. Well, like even if I – sometimes psychologically I like to get dressed up. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it make, no, does make it. me feel better, but um, not with not with jeans. I wear skirts a lot because I think skirts are even more forgiving than anything. Yes, they are. Especially long skirts. So that's my, uh, that's my go-to hiding mechanism of, of oh, choice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have my whole closet right now is just, uh, yeah, stretch pants or the kind of skirt you're talking about. I get a bunch of them off of Amazon and they're just, yes, very forgiving and very comfortable. And it, they're just the stretch pants of of long skirts. <sighs> I saw there was a post on Real Simple, um, or actually it might have been from the editor of Real Simple, um, Liz Vaccarello. Uh, they did a whole article on the best like joggers on the market. <laughs> nice. So I ended up getting a couple of pairs of like the ones they said were the be all end all. And I'm like, I mean, how much better could they be than the ones I already have? And they are so great. <laughs> so now I have three pairs and like, that's all I want to wear. Sometimes I just like grab it out of the dryer and then put it right back on yeah. again. So, oh yeah. yeah, is that is it weird having your sister in law there all of a sudden? Like you can't maybe walk through your house just wearing underpants, or are you just are you a chill naked household in general? Uh, back to the eating conversation we were having. There is <laughs> there is no way I would walk anywhere, including in front of my own mirror in my underwear. So. <laughs> Um, no, we are not that kind of household. It's never, but it doesn't bother me. I, I feel like I'm in like a, it takes a village mentality with the kids. So she helps. She, she oh, just, off, she helps. She helps with bedtime and she's around and she's a distraction. And, um, she's like, Hey, want to do your zoom class in here? And my daughter's like, yeah, I'm like great. Oh, wow. <laughs> so no, no complaints there. She's amazing. And, um, 
I'm very lucky. <laughs> I feel bad for a little – not really. I don't, do I feel bad? Whatever. But it is what it is. But uh, I'm always, like, in front of my kids, you know – zoom screens just like no bra tank top like i'm sure my tits are hanging out it's the worst <laughs> like sweaty haven't you know brushed my hair i'm a straight up mess and uh oh they gotta see that every day so sorry so sorry <laughs> um so so uh let me tell you a little bit of what has uh broken me the uh so my 10 year old has been making these videos um and uh he's been editing videos that's been like a big thing that he does he takes dance videos from the internet and he edits them and now he's figured out how to like put them all on like a green screen type thing so now he's he's like really um gone like whole hog with this thing so he he what he he's obsessed with just dance which is a yep yep yes so what he likes to do is he makes these compilation videos so it'll be like all the best gold moves from just dance 2018 or something like that so he'll he'll and then he'll put them all to a song and so lately he's figured out how to green screen it so now he can put all of those sort of characters in the same physical space um so that it's not just a you know a, a compilation of different people dancing in different videos but now it's just different people in the same you know uh virtual sort of landscape um does that make any sense yeah yeah i'm following okay. you okay so he was like so excited that he had this capability and um and so he he had been showing me this video that he had been working on, but also, I don't know if your kids are like this, but I have to get an update like every five, 10 minutes on what they're doing, like, like literally. And so I had been looking at this thing all day and, and every single time, like he would show it to me, he would have to play the whole thing. Um, like he wouldn't just be like, here's the new stuff I did. He's like, here is the whole thing in its entirety please stop everything that you are doing and look at it and then comment in depth on your thoughts. And, uh, and it was very challenging to try to do all the things that I needed to do in the day and also, you know, support him and, uh, and, and be enthusiastic about this, uh, and, and watch it over and over and over all, all the while too, it's, it's set to a song. So I've been hearing this Ugh. same song. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> like on loop for the whole day. So anyway, so he wants – so we've also been uh, struggling with uh, bedtime lately, and we're trying to, like, find a way – because at 4, 8, and 10, it seems like we should be able to be, like, go upstairs at, you know, be be ready by a certain time. If you're not ready by that certain time, you're not going to be able to – oh, at our house, we don't do store. We don't do book. We don't read books anymore. It has been replaced by a dance. So, uh, so <laughs> we have bedtime dances. I love that. <laughs> and you know, and if you get in trouble, you lose your dance. Um, Ooh, yeah. Because cool. <laughs> well, so it's like if there's just all around fuckery, like you just you you don't get to dance. You you punch your brother, you can't dance. Um, so so we're like you know, be ready, but you know, by, by eight twenty, and you can have your dance or whatever. So anyway, um, so we've been trying to 
do that. And again, because of just quarantine, lockdown and stuff, you know, we're we're constantly tired and exhausted and, you know, time has ceased to have meaning. And so I was like, hey, what here's the other thing is that I love a strict bedtime routine because um, because I want to be alone and I want my children to go to sleep so that I can um, do all the things that I wanted to do all day, but couldn't because I was looking at a video um, every five minutes. <laughs> so it's like finally and literally like it's time for me to have an uninterrupted thought, you know, if my husband yep, is willing to it. cooperate. Yep. No, no. All right. So, so I was like, Hey, it's eight, it's eight o'clock. We need to go upstairs. And my son is like, oh, I'm doing this thing. And, and uh, my husband, I guess was like watching something with them on his laptop. And he was like, it's okay. We'll go up in four minutes. So it's like, okay. And then, so they so eight fourteen rolls around, and I'm like, "Hey, can we? Um, are you guys gonna go upstairs?" And uh, and they're like, "Oh yeah, okay." And um, and then my son is like, "Let me show you this video," and I was like, "Oh, Rex, like let's let's look at the. Why don't you go upstairs? Why don't you get ready for bed?" And then I will watch your video, okay? But, you know, I, I just – I fucking know how this stuff goes, right? Like he's going to show me a video and then he's going to want to do something else and then he's going to need a snack. And it's just like I just want you to go upstairs and like get your bedtime routine down and then we can revisit this idea of me watching this video um, because we're already, you know, 15 minutes behind schedule, which just sounds so stupid. But I just needed them I to. I get yeah. it. I get the schedule. You you need that. You need some sort of goal without the finish line constantly being pushed further away. Exactly. <laughs> Plus, when things get like wonky, then it's like, okay, so now it's not that you have to be ready by eight twenty to have your dance. Now it's like, well, what time? Now everything kind of gets like pushed and weird, and and then it's like, and and then everything gets relaxed, and then like loosened and then, you know, before you – and then you're leaving their room at like 9.45 and right. you have no time for yourself. So so I was like, ugh. So anyway, yes, go upstairs and get ready and then we'll look at the video when you're when you're done getting completely ready. Here's the other thing. He has this long hair. He will not brush it. And he always acts like he doesn't have enough time to, time to brush it. And, of course, the worse it gets, then the more time it takes to brush it. Um, so he always likes to act like, oh, well, I don't have time to do it. So I, I was like, now this is an opportunity also for you to have enough time to do it. Um, so anyway, he flips out, flips out. He's like, it's 45 seconds long. You don't. And I was like, I know. He's like, you don't even want to see it. And I was like, I do want to see it. I want to see your video. I know that you worked hard on it. But I, I need you to get ready for bed and then we'll look at it. And he's like, who cares if we do it now or then? Um, and so anyway, this went on and on and on for so long, which was also ridiculous because then, of course, everything got super pushed back and late with bedtime because he was busy, like, having a fit. Um, and it's been very difficult to impart 
to our 10-year-old who's very headstrong and smart. Um, Stuff like, you know, you need to do it because your parents are telling you to do it. And he's like, well, that doesn't make any sense, <laughs> and which is totally understandable. Like arbitrary shit, right. Yeah. Uh, I get why that doesn't make sense. But at the end of the day, too, I'm your fucking parent. And if I tell you to do something, you need to just do it. I don't I shouldn't have to explain all of my reasoning every single time I ask you to do something simple. Yeah, but that, um, that would imply like a base level of rationality, which <laughs> is generous to to give to kids. <laughs> So, um, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> no, that implies that like kids are sitting there and thinking rationally Ugh. the way you are about everything, whereas right. they're not. They're not no. rational actors. That They don't have like the prefrontal cortex fully formed and they're not, you know, <laughs> abiding by the same rules or even speaking the same language. So when you, yes. it's like, it's like expecting a dog to understand exactly what you're saying, <laughs> in a way, you know? <laughs> exactly. Ugh. So, so yeah, he just like, he flipped out and, um, and it was just a whole fucking thing. And, uh, man, I think after that too, I had to like uh, fold a ton of laundry and plan our meals for the week and do a grocery order. And, uh, and that the meal planning and the grocery order did not happen. We've been like really flying by the seat of our pants since that argument because we just every night we're like, okay, we gotta we gotta make this grocery order. We gotta figure out what meals we're eating, and then we don't do it, and then we're just like, oh, I guess we're just gonna call Domino's uh, every single night. Um, it's a mess. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, so stuff like that. Um, it's it's clear that my kids have been. Um, you know, the, the vice, 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 <laughs> vice, what the fuck is that thing that like clamps two pieces of wood down? Yeah. Uh, a clamp. <laughs> Isn't it called a clamp? What do I Well, know? yeah, but it's also like a vice. Yeah, a vice, a vice. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm with you. I'm with you. Thank you. It's like vase, <laughs> vase. So, so yeah, the sort of vice of, of all of us being, you know, in this, uh, sort of pressure cooker. It just, you know, you can see it getting tighter and tighter with every day. And um, and so moments like this that wouldn't normally be a huge deal all of a sudden become a huge deal that, you know, instead of us being able to deal with like now, you know, now my husband is reacting in a way that he wouldn't necessarily normally react be because he is also feeling all of that pressure and, um, you know, the relentless vice of vice of, of all of this. Um, so it's just like, we're all just setting each other off. Um, and, uh, and it's just, um, it's just relentless. So that's yeah. where we're at over here. Oh, I get it. <laughs> Life has been a little overwhelming lately right? We don't all have the support system in place that we normally do. And you might be feeling less happy and productive than normal. And you might be thinking, maybe it's time to talk to somebody so that you can start living your best life. 
BetterHelp is a safe and private online environment. They will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can send a message to your counselor at any time and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And this is all without having to leave your house, (laughs) you know, find parking, sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, get a babysitter, all of that. BetterHelp is available for clients worldwide. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which might not even be available in your area. They have licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, family conflicts, grief, anger, self-esteem, LGBT matters. It's professional, convenient, and it's more affordable than traditional online counseling. And financial aid is available. Everything you share is confidential. So many people have been going to BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So I want you to start living a happier life today. So as a Why Mommy Drinks listener, you're going to get 10% off your first month of online counseling by visiting betterhelp.com drinks. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash drinks. Are you guys all setting each other off over there? Um, are we setting each other off? We are. Um, yeah. We are indeed. <laughs> um, my my moment that broke me, though, if you want me to share it, is from yeah, a little bit it. ago. Because um, it literally, like, almost physically broke me as well. Um, Whoa. Last, last year is exactly a year ago, which is why I'm thinking of it now, because last night I had curriculum night via Zoom for my daughter. And a year ago, it was in school. And they Ah. always schedule curriculum night when the UN conference is going on in New York City. So it's impossible to get around. You can't get across the park. They have street closures (laughs) everywhere. And it's always curriculum night. So Wait, really quick to people who have never lived in New York City. So what is it? The UN what again? Okay. So the UN has this big summit here every September. And all the world leaders from Every country come here and have this giant meeting. And, and so, yes, there's tons of um, ambassadors, right? And none of them follow any like parking regulations and they get away <laughs> with it because they all have like ambassador cars and they're like, fuck you. Uh, no one, I'm untouchable. Wee. And the, that was my memory of New York City is like they would park in crazy places and then everyone, no one would be able to drive. And it was like, oh, I guess, I guess yeah. we just. but this isn't just ambassadors this is like putin and like do you know it's like all the big shots and the president (laughs) and everybody so um the city the city sorry the city just shuts down uh essentially and everyone just sits around in traffic or everybody's on the subway or it's just impossible to get around and they're constantly it's also unpredictable so you'll be walking down the street then all these policemen will be like okay stop and then like for 30 minutes you will not be allowed to cross the street even if you live across the street Right. Or even if you have to pick your kid up across the street, nobody cares. Believe me, I've tried. So (laughs) it's like this terrible time of year that I routinely dread and routinely wonder like, why, why this timing when September is already always crazy for everybody? Yeah. Um, So last year when the UN was in town, my daughter, this was her kindergarten. It was her first curriculum night. And she had worked really hard on this like puppet show that they were going to produce and show us during the thing, like a video she had done. I don't know. It was super important to her. 
mind you, I cannot even remember this now that I'm telling you the story, <laughs> the thing that was so important. So I'm on the east side of Manhattan. So the east side and the west side of New York City are divided by Central Park. And there are all these beautiful ways to cross Central Park with tree-lined paths and all the rest. And then there are a couple cars-only crossways where it's just like cars whizzing through and there's barely a sidewalk. They're called the transverses. So I was in a car trying to get across town to the school which I quickly realized was never going to happen, even though I left like an hour and a half early, right? It was just never going to happen <laughs> in the car. <laughs> so I realized like I can't risk missing this puppet show. Right. So I decided to get out of my car. I'm still on the east side. So the park is like a 10-minute walk. And then from there, my school was probably another 15 minutes from the part of the park I was at. Uh-huh. So something like maybe 10. Um, anyway, I – I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And because I was like approaching the transverse, I ran through the transverse, which is like running through the Lincoln Tunnel or something. It's like disgusting with cars whizzing both ways and no sidewalk and like no sidewalk. I mean, barely. It's like, um, because, and it's all cracked and disgusting. (laughs) It's like awful. I had never actually been inside of the car transverse before because why would you? You could just take the park. Anyway. I end up running. I'm wearing – I'm all dressed up to, like, impress these kindergarten teachers. Even though this is my third child, why do I care? But I do. And so I'm wearing, like, a skirt because it's, like, new parents and whatever. So um, I'm wearing, like, a skirt and fortunately vans so I could somewhat run and, like, a Phew. nice matching top. And I just take off. And I run <laughs> through the transfers. Cars are honking at me. Oh I'm, like, God. trying to look back. I'm holding, like, my cell phone, my purse in my nice outfit, my How did you even flopping. find a place to park? No, I was, like, in a taxi. So I was actually – oh, yeah, I was, like, in a car that I could hop out of. Okay, know? So no, no, I was. Wait, take an no, hour I, just to find a place to park. No, no, no. I'm no, no. I'm not like, like a maniac to drive in the city and try to do this at the same time. So um, no, I guess that's the luxury of living in in the city. Public, you know, options. Yeah, in Los Angeles, it would be like, oh well, I guess I live here now. The yes. end. Yes. All right, go um, on. So you're running. While I am an athletic person, um, I am like a non-practicing athlete. <laughs> For the last, you know, 13 years. I mean, maybe I'll do like a workout video or an elliptical, which is like isn't even a workout and, you know, pretend that I'm working out. But I'm like not running for, you know, I'm not sprinting the way I did. I like to run around the park sometimes, you know, but I go at my own pace, which like I realize like somebody's dog is like faster than me, right? So anyway, I I run – across as fast as I can and I cannot catch my breath and I'm like drenched in sweat and I run up and I get there just a few minutes late in time like actually before my ex-husband I'll have you know but anyway so I get to the classroom (laughs) no one's like no one's keeping track of this win but also like I won yes well now I'm now I'm telling this to anybody who happens to be still listening to me ramble about my life and is actually caring about this conversation, which would be such a gift to think anyone is actually listening to me right now. But uh, (laughs) Our our listeners are listening. They're listening. No, I'm delighted. I just – I hope I'm like entertaining them enough they haven't dropped off. Oh, my God, Um, no. So I get to the classroom and I start coughing. And I don't usually cough. I could not stop coughing. And I think to myself, my throat is closing up. Like I don't – I think I'm having some sort of bizarre reaction to this like basically 
enormous stress on my on my completely out of shape system. Um, and I was sitting there asthma attack. Yeah, it was like I researched it later and I talked to a doctor and it was essentially like the allergy to like the change in temperature. It's like how like you can go out of your house and start shoveling snow and have a heart attack and die. You know. So I basically was like shoveling snow. Plus, you were running. like breathing deeply next to all those cars. I know. It was so dumb. It was so dumb. Oh my gosh. The whole thing was so dumb. And (laughs) I was trying to like be really uh, discreet about the fact that I was like not able to breathe because again, I'm in this big meeting. So a friend of mine finally like from the back row, bless her heart, like casually hands me like her Poland spring bottle, which I could tell she was even reluctant to part with, but she did. And I drank it because I'd run out to the water fountain twice and it hadn't solved any problems. So she's finally like here and it didn't help. And it took until it was after the meeting ended. And I finally had to say to everybody like, I'm sorry, I just ran across the transverse to get here. And everyone's like, you what? (laughs) Um, Did you see the puppet show? I saw the puppet show. It was lovely. I got to go home and tell my daughter. Eventually, I caught my breath again, but it did take several hours, and I thought I was going to die. And I was literally like – I was like, will an ambulance be able to even get back through the park? Because the traffic is so bad. I don't even think I could get to a hospital. So – (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was basically willing to risk my life for this for this curriculum night. But the good news of all this is I write articles all the time because when funny things happen like this, I tend to write about it. So I went home and the next day or so I wrote about this just to be like, I am a crazy mom and these are the things we do and we love our kids and, you know, may I remember this always and live, you know, not make stupid decisions. So I wrote about it and then I sent it out to the whole class who I didn't even know, but I was just like, here I am, you know, heart and soul bared. And it turned out that – awesome. One of the moms in my class worked at um, a talent agency, and she was like, I hope you have an agent. You should write a book. Um, and she ended up introducing me to the guy who sat right next to her at work, and he's my literary agent, and now I've gotten two book deals. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's amazing. I know. So even though um, I almost killed myself by the run, it ended up – paying off. So I don't know. Do I regret it? Yes and no. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine what, what else you could have done in that moment, right? Like, yeah, was, but your daughter wasn't at the school, right? You were just going to video. And by the way, they posted it afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh man. So that's my, that almost broke me. Um, that's, that's, yes, I have been in very similar situations. I've told very similar stories on this, on this podcast that reminds me of a time I had to, uh, run uphill. <laughs> it was something insane. Like I figured it out later. It was like a half a mile or a mile running uphill, pushing a stroller, carrying like two, um, it was like carrying a whole like bag of um like a picnic and then i also had um like a bunch of uh, chairs like those like chairs that you take camping yeah yeah, um, yeah. foldable ones and then i was just like pushing all of this in the hot beating sun like literally uphill for like a uh it might have been a full mile it was so stupid and uh, and it was because I had to get there before like a thing happened, and I think I missed the thing. <laughs> it was just a fucking nightmare. Um, oh my god. 
Uh, that's crazy pants. Wow. Yeah. Just real quick, four kids. That it. Um. Uh, just you know. Get, how does that? How does that work? I I'm trying to think if we've had. Have we had people on the show that have had four kids before? You might, maybe not. Um, but uh, do you mind giving us a a quick? I don't know what an overview <laughs> of how you make that work. Like when I had three kids, um, I found all of a sudden like like cars and restaurants were suddenly like a different sort of experience. Do you know what I mean? We have a lot of logistics management in our lives. Yeah. Um, which actually is why this whole pandemic has had a silver lining of sorts <laughs> in that I can stop the logistics, you know, track that currently runs in my brain. Um, or I should say constantly. Like I no longer have to run around. And I, of course, felt like, oh, well, if I drop this kid at school, I have to pick this kid up and I better go to gymnastics. And if I don't drop yes. off at gymnastics, I better pick up at gymnastics. And, oh, I haven't done both in a while. And wait, what about cooking class? And I was just like all over the place all the yeah. time. And it was I don't hard miss to do that shit at my work. all. I don't miss it at all either. Or like watching the sporting events. Like I was just on the phone with, or maybe it was a podcast. I can't remember. Somebody was like, well, I really miss being able to like sit there and watch the baseball games. And I'm like, do you though? Because I don't. <laughs> like, I do not miss that. I don't miss – they've all done so many different sports over the years, like yeah. from hockey to gymnastics to baseball to football to like – I don't miss sitting there freezing, you know, no. with blankets like all over me and wondering like what am I doing here? Like, or like so, dragging a kid to a, a sporting thing and they they don't even want to be there. And then exactly, you, I'm like, really? Oh. Then why are you like ruining my Saturday? Exactly, like, this, this is, like, we're doing anyway. this for you. Double header? <laughs> are you kidding me? So yeah, anyway, I don't miss that. Uh, shit I don't at miss all. that. So that that actually was the most complicated. I have like a color coded iCal calendar for each child, <laughs> and then one and then one that's like multiple children, and then one for my personal life, and one for my podcast recordings. <laughs> And that's how I kind of keep my life straight. Um, yeah. But it's always like down to the wire. I mean, even earlier today, like <laughs> my babysitter is like, it's like right before we're supposed to pick up the kids. She's like, who's picking up the kids? And I was like, you are. Oh, my God. <laughs> sometimes I forget to coordinate. So anyway, there's a lot of um, a lot of logistics with the four kids. That's for yeah. sure. Um, but at the same time, and I hate to say like this sounds so trite. Like they entertain each other, but like actually they do. And, um, you know, I'd never, I had friends who during the pandemic were like, you know, my kids aren't playing with that many people and whatever. And like, that was not our issue. Like, you know, they were always together and, um, you know, there's also such a huge age difference. So my older kids, um, there's a six and seven and a half year gap with the younger kids. So I basically have like two sets, um, and the younger Uh kids are 17 months apart and they play very well. I mean, they fight too, and it drives me nuts. But yeah. Anyway, it's um, yeah, it's just you know, there's like this, there's this proverb or story that's been a book, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a man goes to a rabbi, and um, his house is total chaos with like all his kids and his mother-in-law and this and that and the other thing, and he's like, Rabbi, you have to help me. Um, 
you know, my house is so chaotic. And the rabbi, what should I do? And the rabbi says, like, why don't you buy a goat? Put the goat in your house. And he's like, what? So he goes back, puts the goat, comes back. He's like, you're crazy. That didn't help at all. What now? And he's like, well, now get a now get a horse or something. So he gets the <laughs> horse and the goat. And then he comes back again. What? And he's like, now get a couple chickens. And now get a rooster. And now get three dogs. And then he comes back one last time. And he's like, rabbi, I cannot bear this. Like, how can I live? And he goes, okay, now go home and get rid of the goat and the horse and the cow and the roosters and the dogs. And he comes back next week and he's like, oh, my house is so calm. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like that's what it's like. Like my baseline can get so crazy that the regular baseline can actually seem kind of (laughs) calm. Totally. Oh my God. That's, I like that story very much. My husband wants – my whole family, we all want to get goats and chickens, which is <laughs> hilarious that you brought that up. Uh, I, Yeah, we're all like, maybe we should just leave Los Angeles and have goats and chickens somewhere, and it's looking better and better all yeah. the time. <laughs> so, Zibby, please tell everybody about your podcast. What is it called, and what do you do? My podcast is called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, and I interview authors. Um, about their books. I do it five times a week and then – Holy shit. What? Yeah. You have a, it's every – it's Monday, every Tuesday. Every day. But- yeah. <sighs> and a lot of weeks I do like book blasts. So I have a children's book blast coming up the week of October 19th where I'll have two to three every day. And then after that I'm having like a fiction blast and because um, I pile up the, the thing. So usually I do like two to three podcasts a day. Holy cow. Based on books. So I have to research – the authors and try to read my way as much as I can through each book, which is obviously time limited, but I do spend a lot of time reading um, and have gotten very good at reading quickly. Um, but wow. I love, I love books and I love reading. And this is like a dream come true, this whole situation for me, because <laughs> um, I get so excited talking to the authors. Um, and now I've done over 500 episodes and this is like what I do. So I, I love it. And today I interviewed Sophie Kinsella, who wrote all the Shopaholic books. And I don't know. It's just like so fun for me. So um, that's wow. my podcast. And I'm then I am so as, impressed. Yeah. I can only I, – I will be honest. Uh, the only way I consume books these days is like audio books. I do that too. Yeah. And even then I don't always get through them and I don't do that very often. So who is your podcast for? It's for it's for people who want to know what's going on in the literary world, but they don't have time to read books? It's it's that. It's to get your literary fix fast uh-huh. um, for people who love to read and don't have time to read. It doesn't have to be moms, but um, because I was a mom, I, that's how I started it. I was mm-hmm. writing an essay book actually. Um and my, I was writing essays and my husband said, you should make this into a book. And I said, Ugh, moms don't have time to read books. Um, so anyway, that's how the title came about. Um, and it's also, it's just a way of connecting. I mean, books are really just a way of getting to the soul of, of someone, right? Their essence, mm-hmm. what they're really thinking and feeling and why they did it. And, you know, some of it is craft, but a lot of, I do a lot of memoir authors and, um, so it's really getting to know people and what makes them tick. I always ask like what advice they have to aspiring authors. We find out about the book. I ask them questions about the book um, and you just get to know the author. And I found that the more you get to know the author, the more likely you'll be to read the book. And there are tons of books that people might not have thought to pick up, but once they hear the author's story, they want to read them. So I feel like it's my my job is like servicing, doing a service, trying to get yeah. more books into the right hands because- I feel like the right book um, at the right time 
just can make all the difference in someone's life. So I, I don't know why, but I feel like it's my mission to to help that happen. I love it. It's a podcast and it is your calling. Yes. <laughs> um, so beautiful. So everyone should check that out. Is there anything else you'd like to promote, to, uh, tell people where to find you, all that good stuff? Yes. Okay. So my podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I have a virtual book club that meets every other Tuesday where we read the book together and then – or not together. We all read the book and then talk about it for half an hour and then the second half an hour, the author comes and does a Q&A with us. <gasps> Zibby, so that is been- so exciting because I know there are there are a bunch of um, – there are some parents in the Why Mommy Drinks Facebook group that uh, formed a reading like a book club. And I wonder if they're still doing it because if they're not, hey, listen up. You should join Zibby's. Uh... Well, you can you can be part of multiple book clubs. I mean, many people in my book club are in other book clubs. Um, wow. So yeah, just join. It's every two weeks and I love the books and I pick authors who I think will be great. And that's been really fun to do. And there's like a, you know, there's like a core group that comes every week, but every week I have new people. And if you don't want to participate, you just don't turn yours on Zoom. So you just don't turn your video or audio on and that's fine too. You can just listen. (laughs) Um, uh, So yeah, so that's really fun. And again, I have this community on Instagram. I have the moms don't have time to read books Instagram, but also moms don't have time to lose weight. And that's like a by request only for anybody who just wants to start changing their body, small steps, doing it together. Um, And the book club. And yeah, I have some exciting book stuff. I have um, an anthology that I just closed a deal on um, with a bunch of essays that I had authors who had been on my podcast right during the pandemic. I did like a pandemic magazine called We Found Time, and that's going to be a book uh, coming out in probably March um, called We Found Time, a quarantine anthology. And I have two children's books that are going to come out um, from Penguin Random House, but not for a little while. It's about a character named Princess Charming. So you can look for those. (laughs) And what else? I have a newsletter on zibbyowens.com. You can sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss all this stuff. And that's basically, How we- and then I do and then I do a lot of events. So I do a lot of um, you know, so if you follow me on any of those places, you'll find out. I have one coming up with Britt Bennett, who wrote The Vanishing Half through Penn International. And I don't know when this is airing, but um, you know, every week I do some Instagram lives and bookstore events and stuff like that too. Amazing. Wow. I am impressed. I'm just I'm impressed that you have four kids and you read a book, period. So like everything you just said like fucking floors me. I am so amazed that you are doing a podcast every day, sometimes two. You're reading a trillion books. You're running oh my God. Zibby, that's unbelievable. I hope I hope people are telling you all the time what I am about to tell you because you are doing a great job. You are amazing and I am amazed by you and I hope I hope Thank people you. are telling you that cuz you're you're fucking killing it out there, Zibby. You're doing an amazing job. It like literally makes me want to cry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't tell each other that enough, do we? Like it's so it's so nice to just feel seen and like Man, I see you, Zibby. Yeah. Like you're, you're just that's so amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Good Thank you job. so much. That felt really good. Thanks. <laughs> Thank well, um, uh, thank you so much. I, you know, that also just 
considering all the things you have going on, thank you so much for taking the time to to be on my show on Why Mommy Drinks. Oh, I'm honored. Thank you for having me on. This is such a pleasure. I'm truly uh, was touched to be asked, and it was like just so much fun to talk to you. So thank you for having me on. Ugh. Awesome. Well, for those of you listening, thank you so much for for tuning in. Uh, make sure to check out our Patreon. And uh, and if no one has told you, uh, let me be the one to tell you that you are doing a great job. My mommy drinks. Hi, I'm Michelle Veray. And I'm Kimberly Trung, and we are the host of Crush Fictionally, a podcast all about your favorite fictional characters from movies, TV shows, and more. Each episode, we pick a theme, curate a list of characters that we love, why we love them, and some fun facts about the people who created them. So if you've ever felt a true connection with a fictional character, tune in to Crush Fictionally on Campfire Media or wherever you find your podcast. Campfire. <laughs>